RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, four new lawmakers are sworn in at the Legislative Council. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says people shouldn't worry too much about COVID case numbers as most of us here have built up immunity. And a Labour union urges the government to pass legislation increasing the penalties for employers who neglect safety. Four newly elected lawmakers have been sworn in at an oath-taking ceremony in the Legislative Council. The ceremony was administered by Chief Executive John Lee. William Wong, a Chinese university engineering scholar, had to retake his oath after the LegCo Secretariat's General Secretary, Kenneth Chan, told him some words in his oath had been unclear. The other newly elected legislators are the DAB Party's Chan Wing Kwong, Adrian Ho of the New People's Party and Shanghai Long from an artificial intelligence firm. Mr Shang, whose mother tongue is Mandarin, chose to take his oath in Cantonese. Cantonese is a local language, right? So all people here can very clearly and loudly to, to know what I mean. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he doesn't expect COVID case numbers to come down much, but Hong Kong needn't worry as most of the population here has built up immunity. The SAR confirms around 15,000 new cases every day, but Professor Cowling says this number would decrease if on-arrival testing and compulsory testing on buildings were stopped. The University of Hong Kong professor also told RTHK that the number of severe cases here was at a low level. But he expressed concern about the situation on the mainland. In mainland China, although Omicron is mostly mild, I feel like they've almost oversold the message of the mildness of infection because for younger people with with two or three vaccine doses, it will be very mild, but there's still plenty of people in China who haven't been vaccinated. And as we saw in Hong Kong at the beginning of this year, even with supposedly milder Omicron BA2, we had 10,000 deaths in a fairly short space of time. A medical expert says the heart transplant done on a four-month-old baby with an organ donated from the mainland has provided a good opportunity for authorities to set up a mechanism for the sharing of organs between the mainland and the SAR. Dr Albert Chan, clinical professor at the Department of Surgery of the University of Hong Kong, made the comment just days after the children's hospital received a heart from a child who died in an accident on the mainland and implanted the organ into a baby girl who had suffered from heart failure. Dr Chan noted it was the first ever organ donation Hong Kong received from the mainland. Of course it was done under exceptional circumstances, but it also provides a good opportunity. Hong Kong's organ donation rate is very low. If the SAR can follow up on this matter and set up a clear and transparent mechanism so more organs donated from the mainland could help Hong Kong people, it'd be very encouraging news. A group has urged the government to provide special injections for patients with a weak immune system, saying they're unable to produce antibodies after getting COVID jabs. The Hong Kong Alliance of Patients Organisations Limited surveyed over 200 of these patients in November. It says some people, including blood cancer patients and organ transplant patients, may have lower antibody levels or even show no response to the COVID vaccines. Government vaccine adviser Ivan Hong says these special injections do not require patients to generate antibodies themselves. He says such jabs are used in public hospitals for high-risk patients only due to the shortage of vaccines. What we hope to do, of course, is to extend the coverage to others who are also high-risk patients on chemotherapy or biologics or patients on dialysis who will benefit from these monoclonal antibodies. 
A Labour union has urged the government to pass legislation that increases the penalties for employers who neglect occupational safety following a spate of recent fatal industrial accidents. The call was made by representatives from the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions, Occupational Safety and Health Association, who petitioned outside the central government office this morning. The association's vice chairman, Ip Wai Ming, said stiffer penalties are needed as a deterrent. It's a lot in love. So we want the government to pass the Occupational and Safety Health Amendment. We want the amendment can give stronger deterrence to the employers, especially who ignore the Occupational Safety and Health. Turning overseas, talks at the COP15 Biodiversity Summit in Montreal are continuing with delegates seeking agreement on key targets to protect the loss of nature. The main goal is to protect 30% of land and sea by 2030, but there are growing concerns that target is being watered down, as the BBC's Helen Briggs reports. Just as climate change had its Paris moment, delegates here are hoping nature will get a Montreal moment. But as the deadline approaches, it's not yet clear if the final deal will be historic or missing key elements. On Sunday, countries were asked to consider a new draft deal that aims to resolve disagreement on issues including how to pay to protect nature in the poorest, most eco-rich countries. But while the revised text asks wealthy countries to give more money in international aid for biodiversity, there are concerns the goal to protect 30% of land and sea has been weakened. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said in his nightly address that protecting his country's borders is a constant priority. Speaking on the eve of a visit to Belarus by President Putin, Mr Zelensky said he was preparing for all defensive scenarios. Defense of the border with Russia, as well as with Belarus, is also a constant priority. We are preparing for all possible defense scenarios, irrespective of any attempts by anyone to force Minsk's hand, as this would not help them anyway. No more than to all other sick ideas tried in this war against Ukraine and Ukrainians. Russian state media say its troops stationed in Belarus will conduct tactical exercises. It comes as President Putin prepares to visit Belarus for talks with his counterpart, Alexander Lukashenko. Some Russian forces made their initial unsuccessful drive towards the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, from Belarus. Voting on a new leader and executive of South Africa's governing African National Congress has been taking place at a party conference in Johannesburg. The contest between President Cyril Ramaphosa and the former health minister Zweli Mkize is expected to be tight. The party says it will investigate allegations of last-minute vote-buying. Both candidates face accusations of corruption. The BBC's Nomsa Maseko is at the conference. It does look like it's neck and neck because at some point it looked like President Ramaphosa was sailing through because he received the highest number of nominations from the ANC branches. However, with the last minute caucuses and uh, lobbying behind the scenes, it does look like Zuelim Kiza, the former health minister, has made some serious inroads. There have already been allegations that have been made from both sides that money has been exchanging hands in terms of vote buying and these allegations that all of them have denied. North Korean state media says the missile tests carried out early yesterday were the important final phase in the development of a spy satellite. It claimed the country hopes to complete the satellite by April next year. The KCNA news agency said the trial took place at the Sohei Satellite Launching Station in the northwestern town of Tongchang-ri. 
The chief executive officer of the American e-commerce firm Etsy, John Sh- Josh Silverman, has told the BBC he's confident in the company's momentum, despite revenue growth slowing in the third quarter. He's also defended the decision to hike transaction fees earlier this year, which prompted some of its small business sellers to stop selling their goods. Here's the BBC's Nornanji. Etsy's business boomed during the lockdowns as people turned to online shopping to buy everything from face masks to home furnishings. Some analysts warn it will find the path ahead harder now restrictions have been lifted. But the chief executive, Josh Silverman, said customers keep coming back. He said the company is not trying to compete with Amazon Prime and that people will prioritise affordable indulgences this Christmas despite the cost of living crisis. Etsy's also faced strikes from some of its sellers after lifting the fees it charges them in April. Mr Silverman argued a 6.5% fee remains affordable. Twitter's billionaire owner Elon Musk has asked users of his social media platform to vote on his future as chief executive officer. He's promised to abide by the result, though he subsequently cautioned, be careful what you wish as you might get it. Mr Musk has acted on the results of other Twitter polls. On Saturday, he reinstated the accounts of journalists he'd suspended days earlier. In the United States, there were scary moments for nearly 300 passengers and crew on board a flight from Phoenix to Honolulu. The Hawaiian Airlines flight met severe turbulence half an hour before arrival, leaving 11 people seriously injured. The airline called it an isolated and unusual event. Miriam van der Linden was one of those on board. It was probably the most turbulent flight we've ever been on. We travel a lot. We weren't necessarily nervous anything was going to happen, but um, the turbulence was really, really rocky. We were more nervous we were going to throw up and get sick. To sports now and celebrations are well underway for Argentina, who captured the FIFA World Cup by beating France in one of the most thrilling finals of all time. The match at the Lusail Stadium ended 3-3 after extra time, but it was Lionel Messi who lifted the trophy with Argentina winning 4-2 on penalties. The BBC's John Bennett has more on a World Cup final that will live long in the memory. A World Cup full of drama ended with an incredible final. Argentina had been cruising to the victory before half-time after Lionel Messi's penalty and a wonderful Angel Di Maria goal. But out of nowhere, with 10 minutes to go, two France goals in the space of 90 seconds completely changed the course of what had been a surprisingly one-sided match. Kylian Mbappe scored a penalty followed by a stunning volley. Then, in extra time, the drama continued. Messi forced the ball over the line after a Hugo Lloris save. But France fought back again, Mbappe completing his hat-trick with another penalty. And only heroic goalkeeping by Emi Martinez prevented the French team from winning it before the end of 120 minutes. The epic match went to penalties. France missed two of their spot kicks and Messi's long wait to win the World Cup is over. The BBC's Veronica Smink is based in Buenos Aires. She says it's a great moment for the country and their star player, Lionel Messi, who's finally achieved his World Cup dream. So many people wanted it for Messi, especially he said it was his last World Cup. And this was just the one thing that was missing in his amazing career. And, you know, at the beginning when he was playing for Barcelona and doing so well, but for Argentina, not so well, people weren't so enamored with him. And this changed in the first few years, two years ago, when he led the the team to winning the Copa America. And now, you know, it reversed so much. People just wanted to win it, wanted to win for him. I mean, people are so, so happy for Messi. I mean, they love him so much and are so relieved that he finally got it.
French forward Kylian Mbappe recorded a hat-trick in the final and finished as the tournament's top scorer with eight goals, but the 23-year-old still ended up on the losing side in the shootout. Reporter Sarah Manaya says despite the disappointment of losing in the final, French supporters still had plenty of reasons to be optimistic, especially with Mbappe's performances in Qatar. Yeah, he's the future. He is. We're really, really proud as French you know, people and journalists and supporters of those young guys like Mbappe who have once again brought us together, made us vibrate in France. We're proud of these generations who have succeeded one another with injuries and who have raised the cause of our country to the top of the world through thick and thin. It was hard, it was difficult. A lot of key players were missing, injured. Half of the team was ill yesterday. So yes, proudness overall. Not so many nations have made back-to-back World Cup finals. We have two stars on the shirt. We'll get a third one. Kylian Mbappe, what a performance scoring a hat-trick in a World Cup final. He's only 23. He took his responsibilities tonight. He, he's he got a bright, bright future ahead. 12 World, World Cup goals in two editions, eight goals in Qatar. That's as many as Ronaldo, the Brazilian, in, in back in 2002. So we have a very young and very talented team, and it will take some time to heal from that, from that defeat. Uh, but it also gives us a lot of hope uh, for the future and for Kylian Mbappe, obviously. The English Football Association has confirmed that Gareth Southgate will remain as England manager until the end of the European Championships in 2024. Southgate had said he was conflicted about his future in the role after England's quarter-final exit at the World Cup. More from the BBC's John Murray. Well, that confirmation that Gareth Southgate is remaining in post has come from the chief executive of the Football Association, Mark Bullingham, who says they are delighted by his decision and that he and his assistant, Steve Holland, have always had their full support. It's eight days since England were knocked out of this World Cup. In his three big tournaments in charge, England have reached the semi-final and quarter-final of the two World Cups and a first European Championship final for the country. And in other sports news, the Kansas City Chiefs have clinched a place in the NFL playoffs by beating the Houston Texans 30-24 in overtime. Jarek McKinnon scored the winning touchdown. Patrick Mahomes threw for two TDs and ran for another as the Chiefs made the postseason for the eighth consecutive year. To the weather forecast, it'll be fine and very dry this afternoon with moderate to fresh north to northeasterly winds occasionally strong offshore later. The outlook remaining cold tomorrow morning, but there will be some sunny intervals. It'll be fine and dry in the following few days, but it will be quite cool in the mornings and again at night time. Currently at the observatory, the temperature is 16 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity at 42%. Please be advised that the red fire danger warning and the cold weather warning are both currently in force. And to end the news, the top story once again, four new lawmakers are sworn in at the Legislative Council. The news from RTHK. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3.
that's what happens. That's what happens when you when you're really happy and excited and and yeah, all of that. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and actually, a double sorry. That was the slaves and chokehold. That was so not what I was intending to play. Um, <laughs> but during the news, the, the, the extremely long newscast, I had um, Noreen come back in and she had misunderstood me by saying, oh, let's have a chat later. And what I meant was uh, come in, come into the studio and let's let's have a, you know, a little natter, a, a chin wag, as you did with Sadia. Um, <laughs> because we talked about our, our connection. I cannot find a connection. I'm sorry, with that track. Um, so, yeah. But the nice thing was Noreen says, oh, I, I do the same thing all the time. And, and I miss the I miss the end of that song as well. But you know what? We're only human. <laughs> Right, and Steve as well. Steve is like, oh, I pressed the wrong button all the time, so don't worry. And considering how many times have I been here now, Ian? Ten times. Have I been in the studio ten times already since September? Okay, well, he says so. So anyway, Ian is sitting across from me, and um, he is very important in my life, <laughs> and so is Noreen. Now, <laughs> sitting across.